KPAN Report, and I'm your host, Maureen Aylward. Our topic is Age and Dementia-Friendly KPAN, an initiative spearheaded by Senior Care. And with me around the table are Scott Trenty, CEO of Senior Care, Bob Gillis, Age and Dementia-Friendly KPAN Steering Committee member, and Susan Doughty, a Caregiver Support Specialist at Senior Care. Welcome to KPAN Report. Thank you, Maureen. Thank you. This is a very important issue. Uh, it's so important to understand why uh, we need age and dementia-friendly services on Cape Ann. And um, Scott, I guess I'll turn to you first. Could you give us an overview of the interaction between senior care and this new program that's happening on Cape Ann? Sure. So one of the, the initiatives that's happening over the country is um, two, two movements. One is called Age-Friendly Communities and the other is called dementia-friendly communities. The World Health Organization and AARP in the United States endorses age-friendly, and there's also another model, dementia-friendly America, and there's dementia-friendly Massachusetts. Um, last year, Governor Baker declared Massachusetts an age-friendly state. Um, we were the second in the nation for that declaration. New York beat us to it, um, and also Colorado has recently done that. So the age-friendly movement of AARP <clears throat> provides kind of a toolkit for how to make your community more age-friendly. So when we talk about age-friendly or dementia-friendly communities, you know, we're not saying that we're not age-friendly or we're not, but it's more of an organized, structured kind of way to, um, to approach um, different changes that can be made in the community. Um, the dementia-friendly um, also has a toolkit, and there are various commonalities between the two models. Um, so you have sort of sectors of the community, like housing, um, transportation, social inclusion, what do you do with outdoor spaces in buildings. So at Senior Care, we decided to um, build a hybrid model, which incorporated both age-friendly communities and dementia-friendly communities. So we created this model, and um, without going into too much detail, we have 10 areas of focus. And what we did to get this going was we, through some generous grant funding, we hired uh, University of Massachusetts Gerontology Institute, and they conducted a community needs assessment. So they did um, community meetings in the four communities of Cape Ann, they did focus groups, they did um, individual mm -hmm. stakeholder interviews, um, a demographic study, et cetera, and then they produced a final report. We also did our own survey and certain things bubbled to the top um, for Cape Ann. Um, such as? Such as the need for education and so that people really know what's out there. Um, you know, as far as, as um, health related and well-being related services, there's so much out there and it can be very conf confusing for people. Um, we also identified intergenerational connectedness and services. Um, so we do, on our steering committee, have a representative from the Gloucester School System. Um, we also um, identified caregiving as well as a big need, and veteran services, and kind of a regional approach to, to the extent possible, because every community, the four communities, have their own uniqueness. Uh, but how can we kind of um, address these areas um, in a comprehensive way, in a systematic way, I mentioned the 10 areas of focus, and I sometimes call it the wheel, which uh, you'll be showing. Um, and you can't really go at all of them all at once. So this is kind of, uh, I always say it's, it's a 
beginning with an, with uh, that never ends. So long after this is something that we want to see cultivate and grow over the years and add to our culture here. And, uh, yes. Yeah. Not that it it isn't already here, because mm -hmm. you know people are getting older. Uh, lots of folks are taking care of aging parents, um, and even caring for parents or elders with dementia mm -hmm. or, or Alzheimer's disease. And when you, when you start to get into that phase of your life, um, mm -hmm. it's confusing. And mm -hmm. so the, you don't really know what to do. And so this program seems to be not only mm -hmm. building awareness from a grassroots standpoint, but also mm -hmm. the education of people and just bringing up why it's important, right? Um, Susan, why do you, why is this needed here? You worked with you worked so, with a lot of caregivers, and mm -hmm. so the education piece is huge because um, a lot of people wouldn't be likely to ask for help, or they'd feel overwhelmed with the information, or they didn't have trust about letting someone into their home. So, um, kind of like simplifying all the resources and custom tailoring something. Mine is a smaller role focusing on, on tail custom tailoring the needs of a particular caregiver because there'll be like all kinds of information from hospitals and the visiting nurse association and you know if hospice is involved all kinds of different agencies and they're not sure where to turn they're overwhelmed with paperwork so you try to simplify it for them and then they're more likely to like it's great to have the committees but a lot of caregivers are embarrassed or um, intimidated because they're afraid if they admit that they have some dependency that someone's going to interfere with having them at home or that sort of thing rather than supporting them. So, And so this program, especially with so many different areas mm -hmm. that you'll eventually take up, right? So mm -hmm. these 10 areas you'll, you'll be able to, again, on that ongoing flow of dealing mm -hmm. with transportation issues and um, and and uh, social inclusion and respect and that must be all built into the program. Yes, right? and actually um, we're having a summit on um, Tuesday, May first, at the Gloucester Helps from ten to two p.m. And we'll we will be um, unveiling, for lack of a better word, our initial action plan. So that the you know it's open to the public. It's a free event. Um, we'll have a couple of speakers there. And we'll actually show people what our steering committee has come up with um, for both short and long-term goals. And you mentioned a really important word, grassroots. So while this may be spearheaded by senior care, it's really a community-wide effort, you know, with mm -hmm. representatives from various sectors of the community that are participating and working together um, to pull this off. And so, Bob, <coughs> you're a member of the steering committee. You're also the president of Cape Ann Savings Bank and a business that's involved with this initiative. So what makes KPN Savings Bank get involved with a program like this? Well, Scott called me um, uh, several months ago before the program started and asked me if I, I'd be interested. In, and I certainly was uh, on a number of levels. Um, I've got people in my family who suffered from um, dementia. And, um, also, um, my, my job at the bank, we're dealing with elderly mm -hmm. people all the time, and um, elderly financial abuse is a serious problem that mm -hmm. we try to keep front and center with all of our employees, particularly tellers and customer service who are dealing, yeah. with, um, dealing with the cash on a regular basis. Um, so it's an ongoing problem, and, and 
Um, I really enjoy being part of this, um, the Age of uh, Dementia Friendly KPN. It's a great learning experience for me, and I'm hoping to apply some of what we learn um, to, our, uh, to, to our job at the bank. And what do tellers uh, see on a regular basis? Can you describe like, what it's like to have someone come in and you know, maybe someone who hasn't been diagnosed yet or someone who's regu a regular at the bank? And what, how do they present? How, how do you know that there might be an issue? Sure. Well, first of all, um, we're a local bank. We're a local community bank and we know our customers mm -hmm. for the most part. So most people who are coming in, um, we know them uh, on some level. And so um, over time, we also get to learn their habits. And so um, our, our people are trained to really focus on something that's out of the ordinary. And it's a delicate situation because oftentimes people um, with um, early stages of dementia, they're in mm -hmm. denial, whatever the case mm -hmm. may be, and, and uh, our people have to be very careful, which is why I'm looking forward to, um, we're, we're scheduling a, a training with um, Scott and Senior Care soon mm -hmm. um, to help our employees even, even more to learn about, um, learn about the issues surrounding this um, because it's critically important. You, you hear about um, elderly people getting scammed on, all the time mm -hmm. and uh, it's something that we really want to avoid and we want to protect our customers. Mm -hmm. And there's also the issue of financial exploitation. So there could mm -hmm. be an outside caregiver who's involved mm -hmm. with caring or there are uh, uh, children who don't live in the area but they hire someone, for instance. I mean, there's family members could be mm -hmm. um, exploiting an elder. And uh, so you see that also at the bank. I mean, you're able to identify that. And we do, and, and also it, it's tied in. It's tied in with a lot of things, as, as Scott uh, mentioned. But um, the other thing is the opioid problem um, and the addiction problem that we have. Um, as a result of that, you're seeing you're seeing more, um, um, you know, uh, financial abuse of, of seniors, um, not just seniors, mm -hmm. but in particular, mm -hmm. they're the more vulnerable population. So. Um, you're seeing more of that, and, and it's just another um, thing that people have to really um, pay attention to and, and keep an eye out for. And caregivers are also overwhelmed with taking on, a, you know, a loved one's bills, mm -hmm. or and so that, I would imagine that that's one of those things that the bank would also serve in 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 a, in a sense of making it a friendly place to come in and and to mm -hmm. interact and to say, I don't know what to do. I don't yeah. know, I, I, how do mm -hmm. I make this so it's not, looks like it's ex, ex, I'm, being, explo I'm exploiting my, my loved one or my family member. Right, and, and, and the key there again really is, is, is uh, determining what your customer does on a regular basis and if it's something mm -hmm. out of the ordinary, it really should be a red flag for our people. Mm -hmm. You know, um, if it's a teller, talk to your supervisor about the situation. What can we do to help this, this, uh, this senior? And sometimes there's no problem at all. But, but we always tell our customers, we're gonna do everything that we can to protect you. And if we're overstepping our bounds, we're sorry, um, but, um, mm -hmm. but we're, we're trying our best to protect you. So. Mm -hmm. so Bob, as a member of the steering committee, what, uh, what are you seeing in terms of um, other members and what they're, how they're coming together, just your experience with the group so far? What, what I think is great about it is, as Scott pointed out earlier, um, it ties in a lot of different disciplines. You know, it's, it's the housing, it's, it's, um, 
it's transportation, it's medical mm -hmm. care, it's all of these different things that, that all play a part in it. And, um, and I think that's, that's a great holistic view of the, of the issue, and that's how, it, how it's best dealt with. Mm -hmm. A couple of the um, services that we work with the banks on, so we, we do get, we have a protective services department um, at Senior Care, and so we investigate reports of elder abuse of various types, but including up to and including financial exploitation. Um, so we do, in fact, receive reports from banks, and you know we investigate the allegations and um, you know try to reduce the risk. Sometimes it's a matter of if the exploitation has already occurred of stopping the bleeding, mm -hmm. you know. And typically we report those cases if we substantiate um, to the DA's office. But another service that we have. Um, and we just started a, a private pay service along these lines, is a money management mm -hmm. program. So uh, the state provides the Massachusetts money management program, whereby a, um, a volunteer is paired with an elder, and they'll go to the home a couple times um, a month and help them to pay their bills, reconcile their checkbook, et cetera. The elders, of course, in charge of, of their money. Um, mm -hmm. Suggestions might be made or you know, if they're having credit problems, they might try to help with that. Um, but there's a cap on in income cap to be able to participate in that program. So we recognize there's a need above and beyond, you know, people that make X amount of dollars. Other people need help too. You know, they may be, uh, make more money or have, have more income, but still have that exact same need. So those are a couple of the remedies to, you know, what you may see in a bank if, if there's a you know, suspected exploitation. The nice thing about having a money manager in um, is you've got eyes and ears in there. Um, they might have the need, but they also have the vulnerability. Correct. Um, you know, right. in that situation. And another thing in the community, um, there are a lot of great restaurants in Cape Ann, and a caregiver recently shared that uh, she wasn't able to take her husband with dementia, you know, to a restaurant because he'd be loud or he'd order his meal and then while they were preparing it he'd say when are they going to take my order because short-term memory wasn't wasn't helpful at that time so she would there, there are cards we got from the Alzheimer's Association you can just write a note to the server please be patient my companion has um, a memory deficit and she did that in in the restaurant and it went well the um, and, and that go, that speaks to even it, just a 10-minute education of um, in the restaurants because typically they'll come up and they'll talk quickly, which can agitate someone with dementia. Mm, you know, can, and it'll make the difference between a, a, an enjoyable evening out and, you know, agitation. So typically someone, oh, we got a tonight's specials and tonight's specials, blah, 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 blah. And by the time they get a half a minute into it, you know, the, the person, you know, your care recipient is all overwhelmed and you're leaving the restaurant. So she um, used one of these cards. You can even write, please be patient. You know, my companion has some you know, memory deficit. I always wonder how those waitresses can remember all those things. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I know. I know. It's amazing. I can't remember it, but I mean, when they're saying when they're saying it fast, imagine what a person that's overwhelmed with too much distraction. So um, she did that, and she said we had a lovely dinner, and the waitress was wonderful. And when when my husband turned to her and said, "When are you going to take my order?" and so she just took the order again. And that's then, so nice. And didn't yeah. come back again until she had the food and it went well. And that's just education. That's a 10-minute mm -hmm. 
presentation. At There's a, a nationwide program Perfect. called Purple Table. I don't know yes. if that's run by yes. the Alzheimer's Association. It's wonderful. Because that's yeah. the color of Alzheimer's disease. And mm -hmm. uh, that works really well. So uh, yes. a caregiver can look online mm -hmm. and look up Purple Table and find out in the area mm -hmm. where the restaurants are that yes. have been trained or that have that purple tables. Table, yeah. um, uh, and, and so that's similar to what mm -hmm. this initiative would yes. do is the training to go into different businesses yeah. like restaurants to provide that kind of training to provide mm -hmm. that education and awareness so people can walk into a restaurant and sit down and make mm -hmm. that ask and give someone mm -hmm. a card and say please be patient and like we've had that training we know exactly yeah. what to do people are are welcome yeah. here um, mm -hmm. is there a program to it's do program. stickers or you know for businesses mm -hmm. and We've thought of that. You just beat us to the punch. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. sorry. <laughs> so, no, that's great. At some point, and that's a great example yeah. that Susan provided. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, another thing is, is um, I mentioned one of the other areas of focus is the open spaces and buildings. And I think of the boulevard, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got, they redid the boulevard, made it wider, nice mm -hmm. smooth surface. Um, the benches are spaced such that if you do have someone with mobility issues, you know, be it in a walker or using a cane or a younger adult with disabilities. Um, th there's space such that you can rest, right? Mm -hmm. That's great. And, you know, another thing on the boulevard is um, you'll see at various points there's a metal plate and it has kind of raised circles on it, right? And they're located at crosswalks. That's for visually impaired or blind people. Okay, mm -hmm. so that's another example. And, you know, you think about like sidewalks, right? Um, this age-friendly community stuff, it's not just seniors. It's mm -hmm. also younger folks. It's young, um, younger people. It's Disabled. people with disabilities. Mm -hmm. It's folks with autism, d um, d developmental disabilities, et cetera. And if you have a sidewalk that is done properly, not only are you going to be helping folks with mobility issues, but you're also going to be helping moms or dads pushing the stroller. You know, mm -hmm. um, so you, you, we try to think like that. You know, what makes sense for the continuum of age? You know, yeah, mm -hmm. we focus mostly on older adults, but. Mm -hmm. It's a good point um, from the standpoint of that you take the senior adult unit at, uh, <coughs> at Addison Gilbert Hospital. Yeah. We just made a large contribution um, by our standards um, to, mm -hmm. to AGH for the senior adult unit to, to expand their beds from 12 to 20, but um, to Scott's point, um, it's interesting because it's not just um, increasing the number of beds, but it's also um, sit, setting the tiles in, in a certain way so yeah. that so when seniors put their feet on the on the floor, they're not um, uh, they're not intimidated by it. It's, mm -hmm. the, it's the wallpaper, it's the yeah, windows, exactly. it's all of these things that we got an education from from uh, yeah. uh, Cindy Donaldson and her staff, and and it was it was really really enlightening. Um, what's involved with that. Yeah, there's so much happening at that time in your life if you mm -hmm. do get a diagnosis and it's confusing and also with caregivers just uh, mm -hmm. readjusting to this new personality that which is, is there. Changing, which is, you know, right, always in motion. Right. So they can adjust to one type of behavior and a change in the lifestyle, but you know, then it changes. And there are also what it's important to realize for family, friends, the community, caregivers of someone with dementia are in a grief process already. 
they're grieving a lifestyle, they're grieving losing a partner, a parent, whatever. So they're in a grief process. And lots of times uh, relatives and friends will understand when someone passes away, everyone understands a grief process and they're bringing food and, but a lot of people aren't there because they don't understand they're, they're in a grief process in this journey. Mm. And um, one thing that I repeatedly hear from caregivers is even when they do come across really good resources, they're already so overwhelmed. They're so overwhelmed with information overload. So one of the things in my role as a caregiver support specialist is to simplify the information, custom tailor a plan for what they're going through at their time, which will change. You know, this will work and then it'll change. So um, we take all these resources as options counselors and what have you and um, just pare it down. This is what affects where you are and what you're comfortable doing. You know, make an action plan for them. Uh, let's talk about this uh, part of your wheel is intergenerational connectedness and the importance of bringing young people into that awareness space of oh, yeah. what it's like to either live with someone with dementia or mm -hmm. Alzheimer's disease. There might be a grandparent moving in or they might see a change and mm -hmm. young toddlers can see it, you know, um, teenagers, middle schoolers can see it. And, I understand that there's a representative, as you mentioned, mm -hmm. from the Rockport school system. Gloucester. The Gloucester school system, sorry. Um, and hopefully the other communities as well uh, will get involved. But what is, what can you speak to that piece? Because that's wonderful. That, that if, are you going into schools? Are you, you know, passing out information? Or what, right. what does that look like? So, <clears throat> you know, the first two years here we, this past year has just been sort of planning, getting the results of the surveys, et cetera, and intergenerational programming and connectedness really bubbled to the top. Mm -hmm. I think it's critical. It's one of the most critical areas in order to sustain this over time. Mm -hmm. You know, long after the four of us are uh, no longer sitting in this, these mm -hmm. seats and a new generation of um, younger adults, you know, carry the torch. So, you know, I've talked to Dr. Safier and I've talked to Rob from the Rockport School System and they're very much on board, you know, with how can we utilize a, um, how can we have a, maybe a couple classes in the health, the health teacher could do, um, you know, relative to, um, you know, what is dementia or mm -hmm. what is memory loss, what is aging, what mm -hmm. is normal aging. Um, also, you know, how can we come up with different events or situations where younger people can be in the presence of mm -hmm. um, older adults. Um, you know, how can we make that happen? And it, I'm not, it does happen, actually, you know, in, in many insta instances. Yet most schools have volunteer program or, um, you know, mandatory... Um, community you know, service. Community service. Like, yeah. So how can we sort of make sure that a part of that or one of the options for kids is to somehow be with mm -hmm. older adults or you know, um, things of that nature. But um, maybe go into the daycare, the adult daycare center, or going to the nursing homes. I mean, those are. Yes, that's, exactly. You know, more of that, more of them. But so many caregivers that. are saying to me, this is great. I, I can take a breath. I can feel like I have a little control over something that felt out of control. And, and, and when I asked them if there's anything we can do to improve, and they said, I just want to know how I could have learned about this sooner. 
And the answer to that is what you're talking about. We need to go in the schools. It needs to be simple because the schools are overloaded with programs and cut it down. Do something in 15 minutes or something, you know, and give it to the um, middle school, high school, you know, pilot at that age because when they come across something, a lot of people are like, oh, I don't know what to do. I think that my neighbors aren't had that. I, I, I don't know if I want to talk to them. I'm embarrassed. Mm. But if the kids have some background, you know, when the grandparent or the parent or whoever, you know, comes across some of these aging issues, especially dementia, you know, it's, it's growing, um, then they'll say, oh, yeah, that's right. They won't be going blindly and just kind of floundering and let's all take turns trying to figure this out. They'll say, oh, wait, I know what to do. Or they won't be saying to grandmother, you just mm -hmm. asked me that question exactly a minute ago, mm -hmm. and why are and you asking me again? And mm -hmm. there's so much of that con confusion. Um, and how uh, to speak dementia, basically. That there are ways right. to speak to people that doesn't uh, evoke, you know, the agitation, and yeah. it's counterintuitive. If you say, "Oh, I forget your name," it, it's it's you know, it's a courtesy to say, "Oh, it's, it's Susan." You know, mm -hmm. when you say that to someone with dementia, they feel they will say, "Oh, you make me feel stupid or dumb or whatever." I mean, that's their response. You know, right. you, you just you need to um, learn the language, so right. to speak. Don't disagree. Don't argue. Don't right. don't keep reminding them. Yes, mm -hmm. don't keep reminding them. Yeah. There's a level of patience. It's this is a kindness mm -hmm. initiative. Yes. Yes, it really absolutely. is kindness, mm -hmm. and that, and and, and compassion, mm -hmm. and uh, and and moving towards understanding for, mm -hmm. for this. Sometimes it doesn't happen in your family, but and when it does, it, it's some mm -hmm. people are involved in the care of of the elder with dementia or Alzheimer's, yeah. and there are other parts of our family who don't ever take care of a parent, or they might live far away. They might just want, not want to mm -hmm. deal with it. Mm -hmm. um, so this is just such a kind thing to do, it seems mm. to me, to have a community come together, involve the schools and businesses, and, mm -hmm. and make it possible for caregivers to get outside or to go to a restaurant or to be accepted. Mm -hmm. right. Do you mm -hmm. find that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Susan makes really good mm -hmm. points. I mean, you know, she runs a support group here in Gloucester, and mm -hmm. folks are welcome to, to attend that. Um, mm -hmm. Is it weekly or? It's once a month. Once a month. But there are three different groups. We do one in Beverly, one, oh, that's not Cape Ann. That's okay. <laughs> that's okay. We do the Anybody one in Gloucester, <laughs> we do Beverly, and we do um, Wenham as well. But um, it's just the greatest feeling to see a caregiver go, oh, I'm normal, because they have such guilt about feeling angry, irritated, um, resentful. You know, those are normal grief feelings and when they realize they're in a grief process and they hear another caregiver say oh you feel resentful too I feel like a terrible person so that's perfectly normal feelings for something like that so great it's helpful well yeah. this is a wonderful initiative the mm -hmm. age and dementia friendly mm -hmm. Cape Ann program mm -hmm. um, spearheaded by uh, senior care but also mm -hmm. involving the so many people in the four communities. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful to see this happen. And you have your summit on May 1st. I we wish do. you luck on that, and I hope people can go. Mm -hmm. um, thank you for being on Cape Ann and talking about this very important issue. Thank, thank you. you for having us. Sure, thank sure. You. Um, I'd like to have, have you back. This is a, mm -hmm. a you know perennial issue that we always have to come back to. I think it's really important. Yes. Um, thank you for tuning in and watching. Until the next time on Cape Ann, take care.